I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Okay, guys, we're going to open up to judges. Judges, are you ready to be judged? No. Judges chapter 6, we're going to read a ton of scripture tonight. Who likes reading the word? You know, when Shane preaches up here, he has always he always has this awesome title for his message. I have no title for my message other than read read the Bible. Come on. Come on. I get rocked reading the Bible. And I, I've read the story of Gideon that some of us have heard and some of us have never heard this. I actually don't want to assume that everybody's read this uh, in this room. There's a lot of scripture, you know, and I've read this entire book. There are so many things I do not remember and I do not recall. And so I have to keep going, going in and getting fresh revelation and fresh bread. So we're going to go to chapter six. Uh, I'm reading in the ESV and I'm going to read a lot to you. Okay. Is this Okay. Get really comfortable. If you need to close your eyes, awesome. But I would make sure you, you look up and read your scripture every now and then, okay? But I'm gonna read this to you. And every now and then I'm gonna drop a nugget to you, okay? So this preach is more scripture-based and less my own opinions. Does that feel okay? Great, because sometimes my opinions are wrong and arrogant. So I don't wanna bring those to you. And then the Lord corrects me the next day. Okay, chapter six. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel. And because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land." As for Gaza, and leave no sustenance in Israel, and no sheep or ox or donkey, for they would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come like locusts in number, both they and their camels could not be counted, so that they laid waste to the land as they came in. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. When the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery. And I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. There's this thing that Bill Johnson likes to say. He likes to say, delayed obedience is disobedience. That is a very good thing to say and a very good thing to receive. Sometimes we we just are saying, hey, God, I'm just going to wait on that. I'm going to wait what you're asking me to do. No, I told you to do it now. Rise up. Get up now. Let's not be disobedient. So what happens here? So Israel falls into chaos 
and they start getting devoured by this place, Midian, by, these, by this people, the people of Midian. And now they've made, uh, they've left a lot of their land and they've gone up in the hills and they're, they're living in caves. Verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abiezrite. That's a hard word to say. While his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, this is really cool. He's threshing wheat in a wine press, a very small area. He's trying to be hidden. And we know that there's this guy who's sitting under this tree. And while he's in the wine press, this guy appears, okay? And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, Please, sir, he did not recognize that this is an angel of the Lord. It's really good. We need to know this. He didn't recognize. He didn't understand. I might not have recognized, but I would be really freaked out if a guy just appeared out of nowhere in a wine press right next to me, breathing over my shoulder. Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? Okay, a prophet just came and reminded them what the Lord did for them in Egypt. He just reminded them. And when a prophet speaks, all of Israel hears. Okay, it's not just to one guy and nobody gets that word. We know that they know this because it's in this book. Everybody knows this. The word, the word moves. It travels. God's word is living, okay? It finds its way. It finds its way to all of its people. But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And in this, in the ESV, it says the Lord, but actually um, it's, the, it's the angel of the Lord. It's not a very good translation right here. Please, sir, uh, where did I just go? Uh, did the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the angel of the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? The angel is the conduit of the Lord. He is the Lord's voice in this moment. And he said to him, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you. And you shall strike the Midianites as one man. And he said to him, if now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. Please do not depart from here until I come to you and bring out my present and set it before you. And he said, I will stay till you return. The Lord waits on Gideon. He chooses. He goes, I'm not going anywhere. You just heard, you heard my voice. And you don't know me. You don't hear me. You don't understand yet. I am not leaving until you understand. He's very gracious with Gideon. I need you to hear the voice of the Lord. He is gracious with Gideon from the get-go. So Gideon went into the house and prepared a young goat and unleavened cakes from an, I don't know how to say this word. Jahi, help me. Ifa, thank you. Ifa of flour. Okay, I stopped right here. 
I have read this story so many times. And I said, Lord, why would Gideon go in and get a young goat and bring it to this angel? Does anybody here know why he brought out a goat? Those are really good answers. The Lord says, do you not remember what you just read? It says that the Midianites came into the land and they devoured every sheep and they took every donkey. There were no sheep to be given. So he gave him the next best thing. And in that moment, I heard the Lord say, remember my word. And if you don't, I'm gonna direct you back to where you need to go. And so just to release over you guys, there's a lot of content in here. This can remain content or it can be living bread, okay? And it's really good to ask these mundane questions. God, why a goat? I was just interested. The Lord will surprise you over and over if you ask questions about the strange mundane things that just stick out to you. There's a reason he was directing me back to him. I'll just get rocked by that for a minute. Whoa. I forgot where we were. Does anybody know what verse we're on? Oh, thank you guys. Oh, it's so good that you're with me. So Gideon went into the house. Okay. The meat he put into a basket and the broth he put into a pot and brought them uh, to him under the terebinth and presented them. And the angel of God said, take the meat and the unleavened cakes and put them on this rock. This is incredibly important. And I'm gonna get to it, but I need you to remember this. Can y'all remember this? Put them on this rock. And pour the broth over them. And he did so. And the angel of the Lord reached out the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened cakes. And fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened cakes. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. This is crazy. (sighs) Have you ever seen a magician who like does the puff of smoke and then like runs? Okay, this is not that. (laughs) The angel disappears. I would be freaked out in this moment if I was Gideon. In fact, Lord, if you want to do this now, I'm going to try not to be freaked out. So show me. This is really cool. This is really awesome. Then Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. Oh, dude. This is also cool. And Gideon said, he cries out. He says, alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, peace be to you. Do not fear, you shall not die. And I'm like, God, why did he think he was gonna die? Gideon just spent a moment complaining to an angel going, I heard about all this stuff in in Egypt, but what is God doing for us now? The prophet that came before also referenced what was going on in Egypt. What was the last angel that you saw in Egypt? It was the angel that went over all the households. That if the blood of the lamb wasn't there, the firstborn died. And Gideon is now standing face to face with an angel and he's just heard the stories of what an angel is. This is wild. And so he says, God, don't let me die. 
God goes, I'm not going to kill you. Are you kidding me? Too good looking. All right, what verse are we on? This is, I'm going to ask this question a lot. Guys, y'all are so good. Y'all are good Christians. Wow. This is cool. So he says, do not fear, you shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. God just rocked his world right there. All of his mindsets about angels that he's going to die if he sees ones goes away. And he goes, I'm going to anoint this place and I'm going to call it, the Lord is peace. To this day it stands at Ophrah, which belongs to the Abiezrites. That night, the Lord said to him, so the angel's gone, right? The Lord said to him, he says, said. That's spoken word, okay? Take your father's bull and the second bull, seven years old, and pull down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the Asherah that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on top, on the top of the stronghold here with the stones laid in due order. Then take the second bull. The second bull was the one that was how many years old? Good job, you're listening. And offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the Asherah that you shall cut down. So Gideon took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men of the town to do it by day, he did it by night. So the Lord spoke to him at night. So I'm assuming he maybe waited the next day and then waited till night. He needed to assemble some men. Honestly, I probably would have done the exact same thing. Scary. But here's the deal. When you light a fire at night, who can see it? Everybody. Gideon. (laughs) Maybe easier to hide a fire in day. I don't know. When the men of the town rose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down. And the Asherah beside it was cut down. And the second bull was offered on the altar that had been built. Baal is known for a couple of things. One of those is he was known um, as a god of fertility. And people would offer child sacrifices to him. He also often had the head or body of a bull. And it's very convenient that all the oxen were gone and the bulls were left. And the Lord said, take down his altar, use those stones, build an altar for me and take the bull that is supposed to represent Baal and I want you to sacrifice him to me. The one that's seven years old. Seven often represents it is finished, it is complete. I am cutting this down. I am killing this. And Baal is no longer allowed in Israel. That is what he is saying. He says, take the Asherah pole and chop that up and burn that wood under Baal. God is flipping the script right here. This is really, really important. And we're gonna come back to this later because it's referenced again in a way that we probably don't notice. Help me out. Where am I? Gosh, y'all, thank you so much. If only I could find 28, 29, awesome. And they said to one another, okay, these are the guys, who has done this thing? And after they had searched and inquired, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash has done this thing. Then the men of the town said to Joash, they go straight up to him, bring out your son that he may die. 
for he has broken down the altar of Baal. These are Israelites. They know the Lord. I want to kill your son because he took away my God. But Joash said to all who stood against him, will you contend for Baal or will you save him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a God, let him contend for himself because his altar has been broken down. That's like Jim Evans standing in front of his house and the people of Austin saying, we want to kill Joaquin because he's breaking down something that we really like. And Jim Evans stands there and says, not today. Not my son. I just, like I was picturing this, Jim. I was picturing you standing there defending your son. It would, it would be really scary if the men of an entire town came and said, I want to kill your son. What a man Joash is. We want to talk about fathers. Joash stands up and says, no. Man, oh, I just get, I get wrecked by this. You know, we've read this story. If, if you haven't, there is a part that we're gonna reference in just a minute. I'm gonna skim over it, but we're gonna reference it. And the, and the big thing is about this fleece and about not trusting God, but there is so much meat in this scripture. Therefore, on that day, Gideon was called Jerubal or Baal. That is to say, let Baal contend against him because he broke down his altar. So his name changes amongst his people. Not just, the, not just the enemies amongst his people. And I believe that this is actually prophetic foreshadowing to Ephesians 6.12. So do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. The own, his own people say, if we can't fight him, then our God Baal, you take care of him. Baal will contend against you. And in this moment, Gideon goes, I'm going to destroy the principality. You've renamed me this thing that's going to chase me down. No, and we're going to watch this time and time again. He confronts this and he is going to break this principality with God the Father. So guys, all of this fighting against people, stop wasting your time. It does not help. I believe a principality is being broken right now. I don't know if it's broken in this moment, but I do believe it's being broken. And just like Joaquin and Renee were talking about, we do need to stand up and we need to do something about it. We have to continue. Now all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came together and they crossed the Jordan and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. Ooh, that's cool. Do you know what Jezreel means? It means God will sow. All the enemies come, they cross, and they go into the place where God is going to sow. They are screwed. Pardon my language. They are. It's bad. They're like they're on land that God is saying, hey, I'm going to sow right here. But the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon and he sounded the trumpet and the Abbezrites, that's a really hard word, were called out to follow him and he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh and they too were called out to follow him and he sent messengers to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali and they went up to meet them. I wanna tell you what the names of, of, of those tribes mean. 
if I can find it in my notes, which I will. The Abrezites, can we just call these the Abris? I'm going to call them these, yeah, the Abris. Okay, they mean the weak. Manasseh means God has made me to forget my troubles. Asher means the joyfully blessed. And Naphtali mean the people who wrestle with God. And Zebulun means the dwelling. So the weak people that God has made me to forget my troubles and I am joyfully blessed, but I wrestle with God and he is my dwelling place. Come to help Gideon. This is literally who Gideon is. This is who Gideon is. All the people that come to help him, it's, in the, it's written in their name. It's the weak who God has made me to forget my troubles and I am joyfully blessed and, and I wrestle with God, but God, you are my dwelling place. They come to help Gideon. This is so cool. Then Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I am laying a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If, if there is dew on the fleece alone and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early next morning and squeezed the fleece, he wrung enough dew from the fleece to fill a bowl with water. That's really cool. I would have done the exact same thing. God, I'm scared. Help me. Would you just show me? Like, this is really scary. Okay? The Midianites have been devouring these people, and God's saying, I'm going to deliver you. Okay? Then Gideon said to God, so right after he wrings the thing out into a bowl, then Gideon said to God, let not your anger burn against me. Let me speak just once more. Please let me test just once more with the fleece. Please let it be dry on the fleece only and on, the, and on all the ground, let there be dew. And God did so that night and it was dry on the fleece only and on all the ground there was dew. This is really cool because I, again, God does not correct Gideon. He doesn't go, you're wrong. Like, how dare you not trust me? He, he just does it. He trusts Gideon, and I really love it. He does not shame him. He does not humble him. He just trusts him. Then Jerubal, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the spring of Herod. Does anyone know what the spring of Herod means? It's the spring of fear. Herod means to fear or to tremble. So all of Gideon's people go to the spring of fear. Do y'all ever look up names, the meanings? Guys, if we did this more, there would be so much revelation because the Lord chose our names and he chose the names of the people in here. It's really, really cool. Things will get unlocked if you just go, God, what does this mean? And look it up. Okay, verse two. We're in chapter seven, verse two, if you're, if you're uh, lost. The Lord said to Gideon, the people with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hand, lest Israel boast over me, saying, my own hand has saved me. Now, therefore, proclaim in the ears of all the people, saying, whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. It's a big number. I think it's really cool that those 22,000 were with Gideon because what's awesome is they saw him and they trusted him, they knew him, and they obeyed him when, he, when they were sent away to go back home. I actually think that's a really big deal. I think it's actually wisdom that the Lord was like, hey, go back home, because in a minute, I'm gonna call you back. 
and I need you to remember who you're about to follow. And I need you to go get all the other tribes and round up people. I think it was important. I think it was strategic that 22,000 people left. And the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Take them down to the water. So the water is, is, what, is what was it? What is the spring called? Spring of fear. Take them down to the water and I will test them for you there. And any one of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, shall go with you. And any one of whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. Is this not amazing that Gideon just goes, okay, every single time? The Lord speaks, okay. We talk about Gideon all the time of like, man, he's just, he's scared and I don't know, kind of disobedient and I don't know. Dude, he says yes constantly. This is amazing. He's just like me. So he brought the people down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog, you shall set by himself. That's the people who stick their faces in the water and just start to drink. Likewise, everyone who kneels down to drink and the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths was 300 men. But all the rest of the people knelt down to drink water. And the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hand and let all the others go every man to his home. This is really cool. The men who stick their faces in the water to devour fear get sent home. Hey, Gideon, they are devourers of fear. But those who go in peace and they kneel down and they drink in peace, those are the ones that I'm gonna deliver you with. This is wild. This is wild. These are the wrong people to go with him. I would be like, give me the crazy ones who are just dunking their heads in the water and just drinking. I want those guys. And the Lord says, no, the ones, the ones in perfect peace who look proper, take them with you. That's who I want. Cool, God. Thanks for not very much. Just kidding. So the people took provisions in their hands and their trumpets. By the way, Aaron, Elias, where are you? Where are you, bro? Hey, man, thanks for pretending not to be able to blow that shofar. I really appreciate that. I've heard you blow that thing so many times. And uh, I just really appreciated that because I just had a lot of fun. That was awesome. I thought something break on that. So uh, he can blow it. He's amazing. And I just really appreciate your heart. Thanks for your service. I just really, really value you. Okay, so they've got their trumpets and he sent all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, to his tent, not home, but to his tent. I don't know if that's his tent nearby and they're just waiting those 10,000 or I don't know if that's, that is home. So I'm not sure, but retained the 300 and the, and the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. Man, this is wild. That same night, God keeps doing things the same night that something breaks through. Hey, when you have a breakthrough in your life, don't stop listening to the voice of the Lord. He's still speaking. I feel, I did not read this earlier. Like I did not catch that. But in this moment, I felt like the Lord is like, hey, when breakthrough comes, just like we were talking about earlier of like praying for more rain when it's raining, same thing. Hey, Lord, speak to me again. Keep talking to me. I'm listening. That same night, the Lord said to him, arise. Oh, this is my favorite. Oh, arise, go down against the camp for I have given it into your hand. Man. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Purah, 
your servant. And you shall hear what they say, and afterward your hands shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Purah, his servant, to the outposts of the armed men who were in the camp. I love that. The Lord's like, I've given you Midian, but if you're afraid, you know, why don't you go down there and listen with Purah? Make sure you take someone with you, okay, because you're a little, a little scared. And I love the next reaction is, I'm out of here. I'm going down. Like, like a comedy. Like the Lord's like, I've given you this. And he goes, but if you're afraid, I am. Okay, right? It's like, it's like when you're in a comedy and somebody's like, you can have this or this. And then the next thing switches and they're doing the dumb thing. I just really like that. Where am I? Somebody help me. Oh, guys, thank y'all. And the, uh, okay, and the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the peoples of the east lay along the valley like locusts in abundance. And their camels were without number as the sand that is on the seashore in abundance. Man, God really likes to talk about sand on the seashore in the Bible. It is like all over the place. When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade. This is cool, okay? When Gideon goes down, he goes to something called an outpost. What an outpost is, is you have the 135,000 men who are in this big camp, and outposts are these little, these little small groups of men that are all around the camp. And what they do is if an ambush comes, they are the first ones, first of all, to get killed. That's a bummer. It's not fun to be in the outpost. Those are probably your most afraid people. But if an ambush comes, they run into the camp and they blow a horn and they go, the ambush is coming, everybody grab your swords. So Gideon goes straight to an outpost. So this is what he's hearing. So I, I just, it's important to me. Sometimes we just don't look up the words. That's what an outpost is. When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrade. And he said, behold, behold. Who talks like that? I dreamed a dream and behold, a giant cake was rolling down a hill. And it struck my tent and my tent fell over. Gideon was maybe laughing too. <laughs> behold, I have dreamed a dream. And behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it. So it fell and turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat. And his comrade answered, this is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash. I love how he knew Gideon's dad. A man of Israel. God has given into his hand Midian and all the camp. So that thing we've been devouring, the wheat and the barley, where the Israelites can't have any and it is so difficult to grow. Here comes this cake that's going to kill us. As soon as Gideon heard the telling of the stream and its interpretation, this is my favorite part of this entire two chapters. He worshiped. It does not say that he went back to his people and began to worship. It does not say that he retreated to go worship. It says, as soon as he heard this, he worshiped. What he did is he barocked. He got down on his knees and he put his head on the ground. And he elevated his heart above his mind. And internally said, Lord, I trust you. I worship you. And I am in the midst of the outpost. 
I believe everything changed in that moment. There are so many times when chaos is happening all around us. And we say, I have to retreat to get close to the Lord. No, you do not. You worship in the moment. You acknowledge who the Lord is. God's been telling Gideon over and over and over. It's with you that I'm defeating this people and I'm getting Baal out of my people. It's with you. And he acknowledges for maybe the first time. He always says yes, but he acknowledges the Lord. And I love it. I think it's so powerful. By the way, if you don't know who I am, I'm the worship leader here. So I really like worship. Like I love it. I love it. And he returned to the, thanks Joaquin. And he returned to the camp of Israel and said, arise for the Lord has given us the the hosts of Midian into your hand. And he divided the 300 men. Well, I'm almost done, guys. We're doing great. I'm going to take five more minutes. And he divided the 300 men into three companies and put trumpets into the hands of all of them in empty jars with torches inside of the jars. And he said to them, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. He was so scared. And he finally says, look straight at me. I love this. I believe he got, uh, he got his spirit, his spirit awoke. When I come to the outskirts of the camp, this is the camp, not the outpost. Do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me then blow the trumpets also on every side of the camp and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. This is crazy that he goes for the Lord and for Gideon. Why, is, why does he bring up his own name? Because God says, with you, I'm going to beat the principality. I need your name to be known. Just don't disconnect it with mine. This is you and me together. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. So this is in the middle of the night. When they had just set the watch, it's very strategic. Hey, they just changed the guard. And they blew the trumpets and smashed the jars that were in their hands. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the jars. They held in their left hands the torches and in their right hands the trumpets to blow. I've been asking the Lord, Lord, why in their right hands and why in their left hands? Why are you telling me that? And I have no answer for you people. But I am happy to ask. I just think, why not? I don't have to have all the answers and I'm not going to have all the answers. And I'm great with that. Help me out. What verse am I on? Ooh, getting less people. Okay, everybody's asleep. Wake up. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the jars. They held in their left hands the torches and their right hands the trumpets to blow. And they cried out, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Every man stood in his place around the camp and all the army ran. They cried out and fled. When they blew the 300 trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his comrade and against all the army. And the army fled as far as Beth, Bethshida toward Zerarah, Zerarah, as far as the border of Abel Mehaloah. Man, I, I sound Hawaiian now by Tebeth. And the men of Israel were called out from Naphtali and from Asher and from all Manasseh. Do y'all remember what those names meant? Okay. 
Naphtali, the people who wrestle with God, who are happily blessed, God has made me to forget my troubles. Man, you wrestle and you get blessed because that's just how our God is. And then he makes us forget our troubles. This is 300 guys against 135,000. This is insane. Gideon sent messengers throughout all the hill, hill country of Ephraim saying, come down against the Midianites and capture the waters against them as far as Beth Barah and also the Jordan. So all the men of Ephraim were called out and they captured the waters as far as Beth Barah and also the Jordan. And they captured the two princes of Midian, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb. Where did this begin? Where the angel put fire on the rock. And Zeb, the Gideon, uh, and Zeb to Gideon across the Jordan. Yep, thank you. Oh, I love you. Thank you. Zeb they killed at the wine press of Zeb. Where else did this begin? In the wine press. The Lord met him there and he finished it there. I'm going to stop and I'm going to paraphrase for one more minute and then I'm going to end. These 300 guys chase 135,000. They end up killing 120,000 of them. Now, this is not just the 300. All these other guys come, and a lot of that 135,000, they destroy themselves because this, this spirit of confusion gets in. They start destroying themselves. They end up capturing the two kings of Midian. Their names are Ziba and Zalmuna. Ziba means sacrifice, and Zalmuna means the forbidden idol. They kill these two guys. It says later that the idol of Baal is no longer in the camp of Israel for the next 40 years. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just going to leave you. I'm going to leave you this. Gideon did something amazing with the Lord. What happens is the people come to him and they go, be our king. Be our king. And he says, no, I will not be your king and my son will not be your king. The Lord will guide you and he will rule you. Now that is awesome and it's wisdom, except Gideon makes a mistake. He gets really scared because there's a lot of people putting pressure on him. And so he makes them an idol that ends up just devouring his people because he takes his eyes off the Lord and he stops listening. And it does say that there's peace on the land for the next 40 years, but when Gideon dies, Baal comes back into the land. He didn't raise up his sons to listen to the Lord very well, and he didn't keep preaching who the father was. He just did, my job is done. I am righteous. I've listened. I've broken off of fear, but I'm still afraid of this thing. So he doesn't end very well. But let me tell you, the Lord is not disappointed with him. He is proud of his son. He is proud. There's going to be moments we're going to do things that are not great, but he is proud of us. He is for us. He will raise us together. And the thing that Gideon didn't do well is he didn't surround himself with people who reminded him who God was. We have done that. We have surrounded ourselves with people who are for us and who are for the Lord. 
So we're not gonna end up like Gideon. We're not gonna end up like Israel bringing a false idol back in. Listen, a principality is being broken right now and we can raw, raw and we can celebrate for the next 40 years if we'd like to and then we can die and the thing can come back. We have to raise up people and we have to do something about this. We have to, we have to keep sharing who the Lord is and, 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 and whose they are. You are children of God. We have to have that. So here's my message. Read your Bibles. There's so much in this. If you guys would stand with me. If you got anything out of this, worship right in the midst of turmoil and right in the midst of fear. We're all gonna experience it. We're human beings. It's a natural emotion to experience fear. Don't live in it. Gideon time and time again said, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hold on, I'm really freaked out, Lord. Will you speak to me? Yes, God. Yes, God. It's okay to experience fear. It is not okay to live in it, to stay in it. We have got to step through it and we have got to do that listening to the voice of the Lord and being equipped with the saints around us. Let me tell you, you guys are saints, not sinners. But don't get arrogant with that. Thank the Lord. Be grateful for his grace and for his mercy. He is doing a great, wonderful work in you. Everybody put out your hands. Lord Jesus, bless my brothers and sisters. Lord, would you teach us to pass straight through fear, looking right into your eyes. And yes, Lord, would you keep calling out who we are, you mighty man of valor. When I do not believe in who I am, Lord, would you speak to me and would you remind me and would you tell me? I want to get to the point where I actually don't even have to be reminded anymore. I'm just operating in it. Listen, I'm not living the next 60 years of my life going, God, would you please help me, help me, help me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. I want to operate in who you have said I am. And I want to move with you. I am with you. Lord, I am with you. God, I am with you. I am with you. And when I misstep, would you bring me back? Because I probably will. And I trust you to bring me back. And I say, yes, Lord, I will obey you if I make the wrong move. I will obey you. I will obey in correction. I will obey if I do the right thing or the wrong thing. I'm with you. I'm with you. My life is yours. Lord, would you bless this people? Would you bless this house? And thank you, Lord, that you are blessing this house, that you have blessed this house that you have blessed everyone in this room. Thank you that this principality is being broken. Lord, we want to be a part of it, not watchers from the outside. Listen, I don't want to just cheer at the game. I want to be in the middle of the game. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.